back to the Soren Sports Podcast. It's good to be back, and we're here to talk about, well, the sports news that you might have missed during the summer. Or just, if you haven't missed it, well, we're going to give our thoughts about it anyway, and we'll let you guys decide what, what's good for that or not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we, we're back. Uh, we had a long summer, but it's good to be back. Uh, Alan, how are you doing today? Oh, I've been pretty good. Uh, a lot of stuff has happened since our last recording now i'm wor- i'm back into working again i work at a school district at a high school and i'm just excited to be able to like wake up every morning and still getting used to like waking up early and driving 40 minutes but other than that it's it's been great a, a beautiful morning weather here in texas and especially getting a three-day weekend like there's nothing better than than that seriously now three-day weekends are the best i i have work later which is why we're recording in the mid-morning time frame (laughs) but you know it's time and a half as i work retail so that that's always nice (laughs) but yeah so we we got a lot on the docket today alan and it's good to be back and recording it's been a while uh we've had a little bit of scheduling conflicts ever since you got a new job (laughs) Congratulations, yes. by the way. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's a standing ovation. I'll take it anytime. Yeah, so we're, we're going to have lots of fun. Um, we, we, there's a few topics we're going to cover today, and it's all about, you know, we're going to talk about Ben's, the Ben Simmons situation over in Philadelphia. We'll talk about the uh, NHL allowing their stars to go play in the Olympics, which is great news. And uh, if we got time, we'll go from there. But uh, we're going to start there and uh, we're going to get, you know, the pineapple down south and 22 all involved into this. So let's get started, Alan. Okay. Well, looking at the Ben Simmons situation, for those that don't know, um, what has been going on is he now is saying, it's time to trade me. if you don't train me, I'm, I'm going to hold out, meaning he's not going to be participating in the training camps and all the basketball activities that's been occurring. And normally you see that in other sports. You you rarely see this in basketball. Rarely these situations are taken care of, mostly behind the scenes, and they go from there. But in, in this case... Uh, this is a little bit different. Uh, this is something that I really, I, to be honest with you, I think he's being laughed at just because of what he's doing and, and not really trying to deal with this behind the scenes. You know, I, I can see that point, and I think it's worth noting that it is a possibility, but I honestly think it all stems back to what happened during this year's playoffs, where both his coach and you know his duo partner and star and and another MVP front runner for the last year, Joel Embiid. They they were basically mocking him. They were discrediting him. Uh, they were doing everything they could to essentially say we don't want you here anymore without saying it that way. And you know they you got to imagine if you're uh, Ben Simmons, you don't feel too good about that. And why would you want to return to the team? And so I think. My take is he, I think he tried to do what he could behind the scenes. Um, but in the end, 
he he had to make his case known to uh, the NBA at large and the media at large because he knew that would take away all of the 76ers leverage on why they weren't trading him sooner. We know that he's been on the trading block ever since the beginning of last year. Um, and so you got to imagine that takes a toll on the player. And if you're that player, why would you want to return to the organization that clearly doesn't want you? Yeah, I do agree. Um, but I think it also has to do with the fact, like, he should have gotten better. He should have been like, you know what? Like, I'm not saying everybody talks about, oh, he needs to have a jump shot. I do agree. But I think how he needs to approach it is like, use his strengths and also work on your weaknesses, but do it where you you are yourself. And I think Ben Simmons at times, like he tries too hard in that regard. He, he thinks that he needs to be shooting like Steph Curry or Damian Lillard, just going bonkers, crazy shooting from three, even from 30 feet from the arc. He doesn't have to do that. He just needs to, Focus on just like, okay, make a 17-footer. That's fine. Like, that's no big deal. But I think a lot of it, like, he he just, like, he's a heck of a player. He, he can, he's a big-time difference maker, especially on the defensive side. But at times, like, getting to the free throw line is, is this one thing where he, he just doesn't have it. And... And that's where it's also his fault on that, where he should have done a little bit more. But I think for him, a, a fresh scene would work for him. Now the question, where? That is yet to be seen. That we could come up with a lot of scenarios. But I think for him, a fresh a fresh start, a new scenery will, will benefit him big time. No, I think so too. And Alan, you and I had a conversation off air and uh, I think it's worth bringing up here. Um, We were talking about this whole situation, right? And I asked you the question, say he goes to a contender, right? Let's so Denver, LA, uh, Utah, you know, any other contender, Milwaukee, any contender in the NBA right now. Do you see him as a Dennis Rodman type? You know, what Dennis Rodman was able to provide for the Chicago Bulls back in their 90s runs, right? Great Mm -hmm. defense. Obviously, Rodman took shots when he needed to, but it wasn't what he was focusing on. So do you think Ben Simmons could do that? I think there's like three teams where he could do that. Like, will he score? Yeah, but his different kind of scoring is going to be very different to – his scoring, how he was doing it in Philadelphia. There's three teams that I can think of that could use that. Which three teams? I think Utah is one of them. Um, just because Utah is, you saw, they're known for shooting the threes. They live and die by it. And having someone like Ben Simmons, and look at that, Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell, like Donovan can focus on the shooting, scoring and all. Ben and I think this is where the Jazz really struggled, was they did not have a wing defender, someone that could guard the Kawhi Leonard's, the Paul George's, or the Devin Booker's even. They did not have that 
that kind of player. So getting Ben Simmons in Utah, that would be huge. They'll probably have to give up someone like a Mike Conley. But, hey, you could plug in Ben Simmons at the point, be a point forward, and that that will allow the Jazz to even compete even more. I think a trade Conley for Ben Simmons uh, would make sense, but I doubt Utah would do that. But if it comes available, then I think they would do it in a heartbeat. Right. And I don't know if you had a chance to listen to that podcast I sent you a while ago, but it, it talked about how essentially with Ben Simmons coming out and saying, I want to trade, you know, it, it made basically whatever Philadelphia would want in return for him, like that superstar level talent. It basically made Philly lose all that leverage that they had. And now it's kind of all to Ben Simmons. And I thought, you know, that's kind of valid and it. You know, and it just made me think, was this more of a move to say, let's just get this done and over with? You clearly don't want me here. I no longer want to be here, especially after everything that happened in the last postseason. Just trade me. I don't I'm done playing the game you want to play, um, get the high caliber play in return. Just trade me at this point. I'm done. Do you think there's some validity to that where the Philly kind of has lost all their major leverage for getting that? I package back. I think a little bit. There's a little bit of a deal. There's it is valid, but also I just think really for who what Ben Simmons does, they're not. He's not gonna. The Sixers are not gonna get the package that the Rockets got for James Harden. I'm sorry, that's not gonna happen. If Philly thinks if they want they want that, they're crazy because Ben Simmons, he does not make that type of impact that James Harden does, even though both Ben Simmons and James Harden, when it comes to the playoffs, they've, they have choked, even though one season Ben Simmons got injured, but still like he, they're not going to get that package. I don't care if it comes from, from, from Boston and it comes from Washington. If it comes from the Clippers or the Lakers, whoever, that's not going to happen. Like, I sorry Philly, but no way. Like they probably will do a straight up trade, like you trade up straight up, but it will be like kind of like where Portland gets him and they trade and they get C and the Sixers get CJ McCollum, which that will probably make sense, but it's gonna be like, would you do it or or not? So that but getting that, getting that big-time package that the Rockets got from James Harden, that's not going to happen. No way. I don't think so either. So, and here's some, you know, I just wanted to look up uh, his contract real quick just to see if he'd be, well, if, you know, no trade deal comes, uh, what if he would just be entering free agency next year anyways. But no, he's on a he's like on the second year of a five year contract right now. So uh, he he won't be able to just leave the year after, even if he plays with Philly this year. Um, and so if I'm Philly's GM, the situation's kind of bad, right? Like you can't do anything. And this this whole thing reminds me of another situation back with the Avalanche a few years ago. Matt Deshane he wanted out, and Joe Sackick 
the Avalanche GM, he was like, hey, look, I know you want out. I want to get the best deal, put you in the best situation for you. But I also want to help provide the team fu- a, a good future. Um, and so just give me some time to work out the deal and I'll get you out of here as soon as I can. But you got to work with me for a little bit. And I think that's what Philly's GM needs to do at this point. Be like, look, I'm sorry it's come to this. I know you want out and we want you here, but obviously you don't want to be here. So in that case, work with me for a little bit while I try to work out this deal for both the benefit of you and for this team. And we'll get you out of here as soon as that deal comes to light. I think that's what Philly's GM needs to do at this point. And I think he has no option on that if that happens. And obviously, Daryl Moore, he he's very known for being aggressive. And I, he wants to come up with an aggressive deal. But I think that the communication between management and Ben Simmons, that's been off. Like, even though Joel Embiid went on and said, oh, this rift that we're having is false, all of that. But... To be honest, anytime you hear something like that, it's like, uh, there's something. Like, I'm sorry, but there is something. And the crazy thing about it was they were my pick to lift the trophy. I thought they had the pieces necessary to lift the trophy, but I just don't know what happened. And and to be honest with you, thinking about it, they deserved to lose. They really did. And now this is coming out, like, to be honest, like, when you hear things like, oh, there's no rift, there is rift. That's that's just a clear sign. I think if Joel Embiid hadn't said, oh, there's no rift and all, and then, and he would have mentioned, hey, we've talked about it and all, then no big deal. But the fact that he came out saying that, to me, it sounds like there is something going on and we don't know. About well, yeah. And if you go back and you read it, he's complimenting him or Embiid's complimenting Simmons, but at the same time, he's not. And so it, it just lends to this whole idea of you're trying to say there's not a rift, but you're not really supporting it in a way that would make us believe you're what yeah. you're saying. And, and that's fine. You know, like if there's a rift, that's fine. If there's not, that's also fine. But clearly something's going on for Ben Simmons to say he wants out. You don't, most players wouldn't want to leave a championship contender like Philly at this point. I would say they're a championship, they're a title contender in the East. Unless there's something wrong with their environment. They feel like they can't be a part of that environment. And I think that's what's going on. Clearly he doesn't necessarily want to lose the chance to win a title, you know, but he also wants to go to an environment where, you know, it's it's good for him, too. And right now, I don't think Philly's that environment. I know. I know. But I, to be honest with you, he, he got everything. Seriously, like, right now, he, pro- he has a, another top player who could – who is a low-post phenomenon. Like, you can't beat him down low. And you have a coach – who is who has won a title, who has been in contending, who has led contending teams to deep playoff runs, and and someone who is gonna push it to be better, 
and we're still in the same conversation. When is he going to get a jump shot? When is he going to do this? When is he going to do that? But this is something where he he has to figure out who does he want to be. Because to be honest with you, he's been in this league for about, let's see, he played in the 17-18 season because he got hurt his rookie year. 18-19, 19-20. It'll be going to his fifth season, and we're still questioning him. By, fifth, by the fifth year, if we're going to question you, we're only going to question you how you're doing in the playoffs, not your skill set. And we're still questioning when is he going to do this? When is he going to develop that? And Well, I think that's also more of a reflection on today's NBA, too. You know, like a true defensive player like Ben Simmons, you know, is undervalued in a lot in a lot of sense in my opinion because today's nba is all about the jump shot all about the three-pointer mm-hmm. the work of what ben simmons is doing is undervalued because of it you know and we look at what Nikola Jokic did with his mvp season last year and people still doubted him and didn't think he he was worthy of the mvp when everything else showed he was you know and What's weird to me is if you look at betting odds, I'm not a gambler, but, you know, I hear from other people, other sources that, like, he's not even in the top three for MVP this year. And that's mind-boggling. And so, like, and what he does is great. Look at what he's done with the Nuggets, right? So, and his he's constantly undervalued, not by Nuggets fans, not believe me, but, like, by the rest of the league. And so, like, it makes me wonder – when is this undervalue of Ben Simmons going to go away? Cause I don't think, cause clearly I think by year five, we know who he is. He's a defensive phenom with great, with a decent enough tool set to, to have, to score, score points, score buckets. It's just how he uses it. Mm-hmm. And I think a new scenery will work. Like obviously if he gets traded to Utah, that would be, then we'll see his value. Uh, another team that could use uh, Ben Simmons like that is Dallas. Imagine him and Luca. Like that will that will allow Ben to actually play defense and and actually like get the load of Luca where he doesn't have to score thirty four a game, but he can score at least twenty seven and Ben nineteen twenty with his skill set. I think that will alleviate. I think to I think to be honest, Ben Simmons should be in the Western Conference. I think that's where he can really, or, or even Phoenix would do well. I think the problem was that nobody could guard Giannis. And I think if Phoenix and Milwaukee played, we probably would have had a different conversation. I'm not saying Phoenix would win, but they would give that would give Phoenix a guy like, hey, go go guard Giannis. And, and that would have, allowed Phoenix to compete, especially down low. So I think him going to the Western Conference, particularly those three teams, he would fit perfectly. And that's where I believe we would see his value of his skill set go up. No, I agree. And I think, and that's the problem, all the talent with the NBA is in the Western Conference, which as a Western Conference fan, I love, but it makes it harder for your team if you're a Western Conference fan to succeed. <coughs> Excuse me. But, like, that's not to discredit the Eastern Conference by any means, but, like, <clears throat> excuse me, everything is different, you know, and I think that's what's great about the league. 
Mm-hmm. So part of me wants him to stay in the Eastern Conference, but just go to a different Eastern Conference contender just for a talent discrepancy. But honestly, like him in Dallas, as you mentioned, would be perfect. <clears throat> I think that's exactly what Dallas needs. And like it takes, I think it goes back to that whole Den- Dennis Rodman comp I, I've made earlier, you know, like Luke is a great scorer. But if you add a great defensive phenom like Ben Simmons and all he has to worry about is scoring and not necessarily the defensive side of the ball, not to say that he wouldn't worry about defense because obviously he still would, but it would be less of a burden on him. I think that's exactly what a player like that needs. So, yeah. You got anything else to add on this topic, Alan? No, other than the fact that I do suspect he will get traded, but with this going on, I think it's going to take a while for for a trade to come up. I, I won't be surprised if we come back to this topic in the deadline. No, I wouldn't either, but I'd also be very surprised if it, it doesn't happen until the end of next season. So, uh, yeah, but I think it's it, it's going to happen. You know, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, I, I do think so, too. And I think really, I think what probably would have helped him is, like, I, I wanted to see Ben Simmons in the Olympics with Australia. Mm-hmm. I, I think even though his skill set would have still been the same, but I think that would have given him a little bit of, like, maturity just because, like, in that team, there are leaders there. There are truly guys who... They know how to lead. They know how to, they, they know how to do the role, and that would have been the perfect situation for him. So he doesn't have to deal with the drama in Philly, and and who knows what would have happened. But I guess he decided not to because he wanted to work on his skills. I think that would have been the perfect place with the Australian national team to work on his skills. Yeah, I, I agree, but I also think he needed rest and he needed to figure out what he was best for him after everything that happened in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, it's disappointing when one of your countrymen doesn't want to go to the Olympics and wants to focus on themselves and their game. But, like, when you look at his situation from the 2021 playoffs, like, it wasn't a good situation for him. I think he needed that time to rest, to ponder what would be best for him moving forward, and I think this is the decision he's come to is he wants out. Okay, that's that's a fair argument. That's a fair argument. Uh, I'm not going to dispute that either. Especially because when you think about it, 2020 playoffs, we had so he played so much basketball from the bubble to the Eastern Conference Finals. If I remember, that's where he ended up. Yeah. So like, they made it all the way there. That's a lot of basketball. That's grueling on the body. He was tired. You know. I'm sure he wanted to play in the Olympics and represent his country because that's a big deal for everywhere else, but um, the U.S., it seems, for for whatever reasons, for basketball anyways, or, like, other sports besides, you know, the other sports the U.S. represents. But anyway, I digress. But, like, I think that was a big deal for him, but he realized he needed to rest his body, recuperate, and heal. I think that could have also been a major thing. He might have had a minor injury or something that we didn't even know about that was limiting him in some sense. I'm not, and that's just speculation on my part. I'm not, and when I put that out there, but 
we've seen things like that before. So whether or not that's true or not, I don't know. But I think it it's a possibility we have to to wonder about. Yeah, that's a fair argument, and I'll, I I don't know what else to say about um, the Ben Simmons saga, but we will continue to monitor and and we'll give our opinions on whenever a trade happens for Ben Simmons. Yeah, and I think uh, we'll we'll when we find out, we'll let everyone else know, and we'll we'll uh, have a emergency pod, so to speak, to talk about it. So. Well, I'm going to pick a random sound, Alan, and we're just going to transition. How's that? All right, let's do it. All right. Now we're talking about the Olympics and the NHL. Alan, when was the last time NHL was running the Olympics? Hmm. The last time that I saw, I think it was some, I think it was the, uh, it probably might have been 20... 2011, somewhere around that that time, if I'm correct. Yeah. Uh, no, the last time they played was, or they've been playing in there, it seems, since 2014 on an article I just looked up. Oh, was that in Sochi, Russia? That was in Sochi. So, yeah, that was in Russia. So... So it looks like it's been a while, at the very least. I don't know if they were in it in 2018, but I remember this was a, this is a big deal for the NHL, first and foremost, because there was a large debate for a long time that this wouldn't even happen. Mm-hmm. Saw that because Gary Bettman came out and said, we're, we're still in talks, we'll see what happens. But then the schedule comes out. And we see that there's this large break for the Olympics in February. And that gave everybody hope that this would happen. Oh, that's good. That's that's and then a few weeks go by and then we NHL makes the announcement. Yeah, how do you feel about that? Dude, I'm excited, if in all honesty, because like Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, and Nathan McKinnon will make up most likely that top line for Team Canada. And Team Canada is going to be a beast this year. They're going to have the great, you know, the t- they'll have, as mentioned, most likely Sidney Crosby, uh, Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon on that first line. They'll have Kale McCarr in that on that first line defense or some or somewhere in that defense. And Kale McCarr is just a beast defensively. They'll probably have, if I remember right, Quinn, Quinn Hughes is from Canada, so he'll be on there somewhere. And then. And that and that's just amazing. And then the Russian Olympic Committee will have Alex Ovechkin, uh, Andrei Vasilevsky, if he's Russian, I believe he is. Yeah, he is. He's Russian. So Russia is going to have the the ROC is going to have a great uh, goaltender, if not the best goaltender of our generation currently. Um, Sweden's going to be great. They'll have Gabriel Landeskog, uh, Viktor Hedman. They'll have great players all across the board. Um, and team, team USA is going to be good too. Let's not dispute that, but all these teams are going to be really good. And so, and that's what you want to see. Like the shot, if you winter Olympic fans, when I say that or in hockey fans in general, if I say the shot, the golden shot, everyone knows what I'm talking about. It's the goal scorer that Sidney Crosby made. I believe it was to win the gold medal back in 2012 or something like that. It was like, one of the most recent times and 
it's going to be great because we get to have moments like that with our favorite players, with their, with their countries. And I think that's great. And as a fan of one team, it's going to be hard because all my favorite players are going to be all across the board on different countries. But I think that's what makes it great. Cause then instead of rooting for countries, I, I mean, obviously I'm rooting for the U S that's where I'm from. That's who I root for, but like, I also want my players to do well. And I think, that's the most important thing. You root for your country, but your players are are from across the world and you want them to do well as well. Yeah, uh, I was actually very excited as well. I believe that the what the NHL did is right. Going that they're going to be there next year in 2026 is great for the NHL, uh, even the players. That's going to give more exposure to the NHL, like showing, hey, this is the talent pool we have from around the world. Get to know them, like know their story, their skills. Like that is great. When we get to see that hockey grows, no matter where you're from, it starts growing that even if you don't practice it, you want to watch. You want to watch what these guys can do. And to be honest with you, like I do remember that shot that Cindy Crosby made. Um, it was probably one of the best hockey games that I've seen as far as international competition is concerned. So I really am excited to watch hockey, especially in the NHL players coming in. Cause when you have the best show up in the biggest stage in the world, it'll be worth to watch. And that's what you're looking for. You want the best in the bigger grand stage of them all, the winter Olympics. And that's going to happen 2022 Beijing. And I know there is some, there were some rumors that if the U.S. will go in to Beijing, but that's going to be a different topic. We'll talk about some other time. But other than that, we're still going to, I'm really, truly am excited. They, like, basically, when I look at Commissioner uh, Bettman, he basically does what the NBA does because he was there in the NBA. He has seen the growth. And I, I believe he was there when, when the Dream Team brought the NBA players to be part of the Olympic movement. And it worked. And he wants to replicate that. And, and he will continue to replicate it just as long as he is commissioner. So this is a great, great news, really. I love it. And I think they should continue to bring the pros in and and that and that will allow as we talked about countries to be like you know what we want to send our best players to the best league at the NHL so so they can come back and bring that to us and battle battle to to get a gold or or to medal in in the competition so i think if we're going to not that i'm this is obviously a year out. We don't know what it means yet, so it's going to be hard to predict. But honestly, Alan, I think Canada is going to win gold. Uh, U.S. might get silver if they're lucky. Um, it, they have to play the games. We have to see the team. But I think it's going to be like somewhere up there. Cause, and then third place or the bronze is going to be up for grabs, whether it's Sweden, Finland, uh, the ROC. It's going to be. But those two, I think Canada and the U.S. will play in that uh, gold medal game. What do you think? Uh, 
I mean, obviously, this is way too early predictions. This is 50 I'm I'm probably not gonna make a prediction until I see who who will be in it, who what's what's the roster gonna look like, because there's always gonna be a team that's gonna shock everybody. That always happens. And I think and I believe this Olymp next year's Olympics will be no exception at all. No, I don't think so either. And obviously I'm making predictions way too early, but <laughs> but when you think about the potential of having Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, and Sidney Crosby on the same line, that and then having their defense with Kale McCarr, uh, I want to double check, but like all these other great can- Canadian defensemen that are in the league right now, mm-hmm. Team Canada is going to be hard to beat. So, yeah. and that's, but obviously we have to play the games. We have to see the teams, but I think I got a sound that encapsulates pretty well how Alan and I are feeling right now. <laughs> so uh, there's that, but yeah. So like, I think that's the best part is we're, we're, we're just, if we we're just bounding excited right now for what this means for the NHL, what it means for hockey and what it means for the world as well. And I think that's the great part about it. Oh, yeah. So uh, we got a couple minutes left here. Alan. Why don't we go ahead and start wrapping things up? All right, let's do that. And like I mentioned, um, we will have an episode, um, a new program called Soaring Beginnings. And what basically it is, it tells the story of how Pineapple 22 Media and Soaring Sports, and, and let me know if I'm forgetting another one, began how did we get inspired by this uh we also talk about our backgrounds like what got us interested in sports also how like where we grew up how did that influence our view of sports and our view and and how we look we look at the world and it's, it will be great to also as you listen to that to even reflect upon your own like how then the environment that you grew up re- reflects who, like, your views in the sports world. Like, what makes you tick? What makes you want to tune in? And what makes you want to real- be like, you know what? I have an opinion on this particular subject. This is, I want to talk about it. So that will be coming up. And, and as soon as it hits, we will let you know. And we'll go from there. Yeah, thanks, Alan, for that plug. That Storm Beginnings will be hosted by me. Um, as you know, as Alan has mentioned before, Pineapple 22 Media comes from my is, I guess you could say is my brain brainchild. Um, so I'll be kind of hosting that, going through the stories of how I got inspired, how an interview Alan will interview Toro with Noble Sports Guy, and we'll we'll just tell the story of how we all got started. And uh, we don't know what what I'll say in the first episode is I don't know. We don't know where the future, what, what it will bring. I don't know. You won't know, but we know where we've been and that's what we're going to talk about. Oh yeah. And so Alan, you got any final thoughts for the 50 seconds we got left? Other than we're back. Um, this is great. We're just getting started again. Uh, be patient with us. Remember we're always listening. And even on your downtime, remember we're always one click away and and we're always there no matter what even if you disagree with us that is okay because 
we live in a world that it's okay to disagree. So we will take it. But remember, you're not alone. Instead of it better myself, let's just write this out. Yeah. Until next time.